All right, episode four, Real Church Matters podcast. I'm here with Antoinette Allen. Allen. Yeah, I'm here with Antoinette Allen. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. RealChurchMatters.com. You can go to uh, RealChurchMatters.com and get the episodes. You can go to Instagram, search Real Church Matters, and you know, follow us. You can you can find me daily on Instagram. Go do likewise, and then my blog, which I'm trying to get more frequent with posting. LikewiseLife.com and Twitter. Go do likewise. Yeah, I appreciate everybody for listening, for subscribing on iTunes. Uh, we're getting a lot of people that are outside of our circle of influence. Uh, you know, we had some listeners in Brooklyn, New York, some Belgium, uh, some California. That's exactly what I was looking for when we tried to find a way to get our message out in a wider, um, wider means and amplify the signal. So. I appreciate that. Um, I would love to hear anybody's comments or questions and just to see where we can take this better, um, take it further and uh, how we can continue to serve the understanding of believers so we can all grow together. Right. Amen. Amen. So episode four, this, we're four in. Went by fast. I didn't even. Yeah, I know. Four weeks is coming on in this fourth week we're going to be talking about uh what does it mean to work as a christian what does it mean to work in the faith and uh you know we we have been having some conversations about this yeah i think it started in bible study because people were talking about um what the work seems like to them and a lot of them were saying like you know, it's about me growing, dying to the flesh and stuff like that. Yeah. But nobody, you know, we start thinking like it, it has to go deeper than that. It has to go deeper than that because, um, I don't know, it's just weird. Like we, as Christians, you are, we're always talking about growing. Right. We're talk, always talking about being better. We want God to be pleased with us. But I don't know, like what when they were having this discourse, I just, it just came to my heart like we're missing the point. Right. Like, it has to be something beyond, you know, just this insular growth. Yeah, like, it has to be something beyond us, almost like we're being prepared for something. Mm-hmm. And we're not being prepared for heaven. Right. You know, I mean, I understand that that's going to be our final destination, but there's something working in us so that we can do a work. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was concerning me. I was a little frustrated. So I was like, you know, I want to dig deeper in it and, and, you know, hopefully have a conversation that helps other people have a conversation, not so much be definitive about it. But there are some things that are definitive within me and I'm sure with you, they help us to understand it. Number one is that as a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. We talked about this before, mm-hmm. but what am I following Christ to do? Towards, right. What am I following him towards? Mm-hmm. Am I following him towards uh, heaven? Am I following him towards the cross? What am I following him towards? And we can see that in his life. Mm-hmm. Even so much so that the uh, what I was noticing is in the first bit of sermons that he was teaching, he was saying, 
the primers for what it is to be a Christian. And one of those is that he was telling us what we are to the world. Mm-hmm. The salt and light. Yeah, yeah. He's telling us we're the salt and the light. Mm-hmm. Like he he understood, hey guys, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my dad sent me for you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but in him sending me for you, I have an expectation of what you should look like mm-hmm. upon meeting me, upon engaging with me. You should be salt and light. And so for me, you know, and you could tell me what that means to you, but for me, salt means that we are of use. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, there were no refrigerators. So salt had a definitive purpose, not just for flavoring food, but for preserving meat. Mm-hmm. Um, without salt, there was no longevity to these things. You would hunt, kill, eat, whatever you didn't eat spoiled but salt became this preservative that allowed people especially going on long trips Mm -hmm. to have you know sustenance beyond the the normal shelf life and so salt was useful right it had a purpose yeah it had a purpose it wasn't luxury Mm -hmm. when you talk about light light is something that has driven uh mankind forward more than anything next to probably the will mm-hmm. because we've been able to do so much with light <laughs> that yeah they, they would we would not have been able to do without light mm-hmm. just to have to live according to uh daylight and then by firelight that wasn't enough but mm-hmm. the minute you give us electricity and we're able to see and we can see in better ways right. light has a purpose it's not a luxury right if you have a person who's in a house that has no light, that person is, you know, you know you're not like, oh, they'll be all right. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, we got to get some power to these people because they don't have any power. Why? Because light isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. It's a necessity. Right. And so for me, thinking the way Jesus was speaking to those people, I, I'm able to understand it. I have a purpose as a Christian. I'm useful. I must be useful as a uh-huh. Christian. And then later on in scripture, he said, or you will, you're good for nothing, basically. Or you're good if for you nothing. you don't have said, any flavor. <laughs> when salt loses its flavor, right. it's good for nothing yeah. to be tread upon by men. I'm tired of being walked on by, by people. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of my faith being walked on. I'm tired of people treating Christians like we are good for nothing. Yeah. Like all we want to do is just come in here Look nice, sing, sing with each other, preach on each other, and then you know go, go back to that. our our usual things. Yeah. Nobody takes us seriously in the sense that these guys are useful. All right, I have so many conversations with people my age who just lost the point of it. Period. You know, they don't they they see people out here nonprofits doing more work than churches. So that's where they're like, what's the purpose of church you what know? is the purpose of church you, where's you even, its flavor right you even shared with me there was somebody who kind of made like a declaration that said you know i'm done with church mm-hmm. I'm done with god what did she say she, she just was ranting on facebook about why she's leaving the church she says she never felt the love of god through people she never experienced any type of miracle or anything like that and that caused her to just say she's leaving the faith and I see a lot of that. And, you know, we read that article about millennials, about them, you know, leaving the church and stuff. Yeah. And you kind of see what what the flavorless, you know. Yeah. It's like we are supposed to serve a purpose to humanity 
where they don't see us as a luxury or a preference. Right. They see us as a necessity. vital need, a necessity. Mm-hmm. And if the Christian body isn't operating like that, then we are worthless. Yeah. But I don't want to be worthless. I want to get to work. Yeah. I want to be the light. Light helps people see. Christians have long since lost their ability to help people see. I want to help people see. That's what we do in the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. So how are people supposed to be enlightened by a light if they don't see it? I'm not I'm not here to sit and talk to you, you know, for fun. Right. We're sitting and talking to gain an understanding. Mm-hmm. Because gaining an understanding gives us our saltiness, mm-hmm. which allows us to do what? Be the thrown use. upon the world and be of use. Right. We can we can be helpful to people when we let the work that's supposed to happen happen in us. Right. And you know, I was interested in what your your other thoughts were as far as um because just truth be told, we both knew that we wanted to talk about this, and we both went and we read some stuff about it. The so work. What what stuck stuck out to you? I thought it was interesting that even Jesus's disciples didn't know what the work entailed. Like they were asking Jesus, like, "What what is this work? You know, mm. what what are we supposed to do? Can't you just tell us?" And Jesus was like, "That you need to believe in me. Like that's the work. Like I can't tell you specifically what to do." And I thought that was interesting too. Cause yeah, I thought I, I I I seen that part in the scriptures where he he. I think it was First John. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's in John, um, the Gospel of John. Oh, the and they're, they're asking, "What is the work?" And he says, "Well, the, the first work is to believe." Right. And so we have this situation where we're at a starting line where this is where most people are, and they stay. They stay. <laughs> we're at the point where we're saying, "Work on me, God." You know, work on us, like what work on us, help me believe. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly having this battle with belief and understanding and growing and learning, but we never go to the next step mm-hmm. because that was the first step for them. Right. But the next step, if you read a little further, is Jesus's healing and teaching. Started making doing miracles. He started doing miracles. He's proclaiming the gospel. And then all of a sudden he looks out to the people and it says that he was moved with compassion Mm -hmm. at the people he saw that were helpless and harassed. Mm -hmm. And he said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. few. And he said, Lord, we pray for laborers. So what do you do in chapter 10 of John? He went and got some laborers. Mm -hmm. After he told those disciples that the first work was to believe in him, he then gave them the, their work. Mm-hmm. First, we let God work in us by belief, by mm-hmm. faith. And then God puts us to work. Mm-hmm. But before he put them to work, he showed them the work. Mm-hmm. Before he shows us what we're to do, he shows us how it's done. He he went and taught. He went and healed. He would, He made disciples. Yeah, he, he did it. And then he said, I need 12 of y'all. Mm-hmm. And this 12 of you, you guys are going to go and you're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. I'm going to give you the power to do that. You're going to teach. and You're going to proclaim the gospel. And why? Because that's our work. Mm-hmm. That's our work. Um, if you're a Christian and you think that it is the pastor's job to 
do the work. Right. It's the minister's job to do the work. Or even to tell you what that work is. Absolutely. <laughs> or even to tell you what you are, quote unquote, called to do. Mm-hmm. Then you missed the point mm-hmm. of following Christ. Christ wasn't in the business of leaving it up to people to figure out how to please him. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look at it this way. He walks up to two guys and he says, you guys have an op- occupation of fishermen. That's cool. But I want you to follow me so that you might be fishers Fishing of men. He already had planned. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. We are already designed for something. We just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But then when he comes and he tells us what it is, it's time for us to go. He told them what he needed them to do. And then they said, okay. And they followed him. And it's interesting because he's like, Jesus already knew what he had to, what product he was trying to like sell essentially. And he just needed people to share the message, to distribute the word. I think that's the most interesting thing about um, the 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 scripture. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Is right. so you look at it from an economic or business standpoint, first thing we always look at is supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So if the supply is off, then the demand is off. Right. Or if the demand is off, it was doesn't matter if the supply is right. If the demand is off; it needs to be changed. In, in order to build demand. So when you look at the the dynamic of the gospel, the good news, that the good work that we're doing, which is spreading the gospel, this scripture lets us know that the supply is never off. Mm-hmm. What's the supply? The good news. The truth, yeah. The gospel. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Anybody who tastes this will see that it's good and want more. Mm-hmm. Supply is cool. Yeah. Demand. Demand is never off. Never off. The urgency is is there. Urgency we is know always that there. People, yeah. people always are in need of God, even when they don't know they're in need of God. Mm-hmm. I was in need of God, didn't know it. And as soon as I got him, I was like, this is the best thing I ever had. Mm-hmm. Most of the best products we've ever had in our lives are things that we managed without it but now that we have it we can't imagine life without, without it, it. Mm-hmm. that's how i was with my iphone i mean i was i was late to the party wasn't yeah I? you I, had, I had a, a prepaid phone <laughs> for like the longest i, I was didn't I was, have a camera <laughs> yeah like i was staunch on like not moving into the next century when it came to phones i didn't even like being you know reached out if people can touch and, and contact me anytime i hated all that stuff so when i you good? I'm sorry. <laughs> You're sleepy. <laughs> when I came to the point that, you know, it's time to get a phone, once I had it, I couldn't imagine how did I even function without it. Right. I, having all of this at your fingertips, that's what God is. That supply is good. That demand is good. What's the problem? Then? The problem is the distribution. Mm-hmm. I got a good product. I got people that want it. So how do I get this good product to people who want it? That's where we come in. Mm-hmm. The Christian should never be wondering what's their job or what's their work because the Christian is always putting the product in the hands of the people who are demanding it. Right. Even when they don't know they're demanding it. Right. 
You have so many churches that give people in need, give to people in need. You know, they give to homeless shelters. They give to, you know, less fortunate people. You give them people what they already know they need. But what about the stuff they don't know they need? You know, the, the spiritual side of stuff. Yeah. I think that's prayer. What, <laughs> I think that's what makes us worthless is because people see it from one dimension. Mm-hmm. And so when they see it as, you know, the, the the half of what Jesus did, which is feed the hungry, clothe the naked, heal the sick. Mm-hmm. You see that and you say the churches should be doing that. And I agree they should. Right. And for those that do, amen, kudos, God bless. Thank you. But Christ was a holistic yes. person. He made whole. He made he was all holistic things in whole. his right. approach. He didn't just meet your physical need, but he met your spiritual need. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, just have life for you. He had life more abundantly for you. Mm-hmm. The church is trying to compete with life. Right. And the world or the construct or the systems of this world can provide life better than we can. Yeah. They got way more resources <laughs> than we do. They so. Way more resources. We're good to partner with them and even volunteer and help with them as it relates to life. Mm-hmm. But the church supplies something those people can't supply, and they would look to us to supply it if we were getting to work. Yeah. The the Salvation Armies and the mental health facilities and the youth facilities and the, the shelters. Uh, shelters and the women's health facilities and the uh, AA uh, facilities and the drug rehabilitation facilities would be connecting with the churches. And some of them do in hopes that the church can infuse some of that abundant life to go along with their life. Mm-hmm. But most times it doesn't. Yeah. Why? Because we're not doing the work. Yeah. We have to do the work. The work needs to be the center and the focus of the church. And I think that that would stave off. I I don't look at it as millennials. I just look at it as souls and people who are in need of help. And don't know it. And don't know it. You know, Christ looked at them and was moved with compassion and called them harassed and helpless. And those two words stand out to me because we don't even look at people as harassed. Yeah. Because we can't see their harasser. We don't we look at the rich man and say, oh, he don't he got it good? Because you don't see who's harassing him. Mm-hmm. You look at the poor man and you say, Oh, he needed some money and he'll be right, because you don't see what's harassing him. Yeah, we look at especially um women looking at younger girls, you know, they look at them like, Oh, she you know, she this and that, like as if she has it figured out. As if that young man, even if he's going to college, he got a scholarship. That don't mean his life is all, you know. So many people fall by the wayside just because they look okay. Right. But when, you, you, when you're looking through God's eye, when you look at through Christ's eye, he looked on that crowd, he didn't see people of status. No. Nope. He didn't see people of gender. He didn't see people of a certain sexual preference. Yep. You know what he saw? saw the helpless and the harassed. And he understand that the, the war is not against the, the flesh. It's about the spirit. And he he saw past the flesh. He, see, he sees that it's a warfare going on. Absolutely. And it's beyond what and you see. And how did he say to fight that? He said, this is what I want you guys to do with these helpless and harassed people. Helpless not because they can't get a job. 
helpless because they can't get control of their mind. Mm-hmm. Harassed not because somebody's bothering them or bullying them, but harassed because they are in, in a war with their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Can't sleep at night. Can't sleep at night. Full of anxiety, depression, sadness. Most importantly, a lack of faith and belief and hope in something greater than themselves and others. Mm-hmm. They can't get past that. That's what moves us with compassion to help them. Right. I don't sleep at night knowing that my family has a place to stay and food to eat. I don't sleep at night knowing that they got jobs and love people that love them. I am moved with compassion because I know they need something greater than that. Mm-hmm. For the times when those things disappear, that the thing that they have within their soul is resolute and sure and steadfast. How does that happen? He told us. He told us when he told them in John chapter 10. What did he say? He said, I want you to go and proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. Is at hand. Why does that matter? Well, he just told us how to do the work. He said, you do this work by one-on-one engagement with people. That's right. That we do this work by spending time with people. That's why he said, proclaim and teach. Mm-hmm. We have a job to proclaim and those who hear the message and want more, we have a job to then do what? Teach. Teach. And that that takes time. Yeah, that's that's the the part that gets people thrown off. Like subconsciously, you know that this person needs this type of help, but you just be in your head like, oh, I got to spend. You know, I'm going to have to go over their house. I'm going to have to pick her up from school. I'm going to have to do this. And we don't want to get that time. And what are we teaching them? We're not teaching them how evil the world is. Mm-mm. Not teach them how evil other religions are. We're not teach them how evil people are. Because we already know that. Stuff. They know that stuff. We're teaching them what they don't know. See, it's supposed to be good news. That means you're telling me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate it when somebody show you a meme or something that you already seen like? Oh 20 my gosh, times, I hate that. And you like? I'm not like, gonna pretend to laugh either. Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. And they like, they like, hey, hey, you, they just seen it already. It's not news. You don't already told me the devil is there. Like I already know. I've been told that my whole life. Whole life. I, I know, know that. Jesus is coming back. I know all of this. What I don't know, I don't know about that kingdom. Right. Tell me about that. Tell what me. did he do to your mind? Yeah, yeah. Tell me how this kingdom is at hand. How mm-hmm. is it here now? Right. How is it in in this world? Right. How is it on earth as it is in heaven? How does that apply to me? Enlighten me. Enlighten me. How does how does the love of God? connect with this physical person Mm. how does joy connect with me right he said this kingdom is here it's at hand it's right now we we had it wrong when i was a kid the church kept telling me about a kingdom to come yeah (laughs) jesus is on his way back heaven is gonna be my home I'm like, where, what? You have a life to live. The like, messaging is off. <laughs> yeah. Jesus came saying the kingdom is here now. It's bad marketing. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Supply's not off. Demand's not off. We got bad distribution. How would anybody know? They said the tree fall in the woods and nobody nobody's can. around. Does it make a sound? Mm-hmm. If God got good news and he don't got nobody to say the good news, is it good news? Yeah. I would love to know. This news is supposed to be brand new. Tell me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me something I know. I got some good news for people that have been in church for 40 years. That's right. Why? 
Because I'm telling great tell you something you don't know. Mm-hmm. And no, I know you don't know it. Because if you knew it, you'd do it. But since you don't, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, our, our, our excitement should be that we have this good news. Right. I'm tired of the churches going around with the same old message. I've been hearing about there's no prayer in the school since I was a little kid in school. Where I had teachers that prayed with me. Right. That's, that's an ironic thing. I never entertained that thought because I'm like, there's prayer in schools. I had teachers that pray with me and all this other stuff. I don't know what you are talking about, but it's a rhetoric that's being pushed. Why is it being pushed? Because they don't understand what the work is. Mm-hmm. Why would I spend so much time Warning in front of and, a Planned Parenthood yeah. talking about the people who are being, aborting children? Why would I spend so much time in front of a school talking about how prayer is not there or in front of the Capitol talking about how I don't want transgenders in the bathroom? Right. It's almost like when you selling something, if you kept talking about the competitor versus the actual product, Oh my goodness. like you sitting there, you just like, yo, this, this isn't a good one, but mine, like you can't, that's not how you, you want approach it. it. Yeah. You want it now. You don't approach it like that. No more than you can get a girl by talking about the dude she with right now. Right. What's good about you? Right. <laughs> Give me some good news. But then that begs the question, do do people, the distributors, quote unquote, know? Have they have they been enlightened themselves? Absolutely. How can you work you gotta the question works that. if there's no work being worked in you? Yeah. How can you work the works if there's no work being worked in you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad this is on podcast and people can rewind it, but I'll say it a third time. <laughs> How can you work the works if there's no work being worked in you? That's three work, four yeah. work. Oh, it's, it's alliteration and all types of retarded stuff there. T-shirts on sale. But so. the, the problem, even where you talked about the young women, you got young women who could use older women spending time with them, proclaiming the kingdom of God, and then teaching them about the kingdom so that they may in turn have a work done in them and then get to work. But instead, we got church women, grown as could be, who can't don't got 10 seconds to spend with a young girl but want to say something when she's pregnant. Or the work is on the delay. Like after she already pregnant, now we're gonna we gonna build a daycare to tell you know, it's always it's never that work before. It's never proactive. Right. It's reactive. Mm. Jesus ain't Jesus was not a reactive person. No, he was not. That's right. He went and he why was he proactive? Why? Because he knew he had a vision. Mm Mm-hmm. When you have a vision, when you can see what's going to happen, yeah. you're able to stave off and deal with things that people don't even know matter. matter. Yeah. And he saw beyond. Like you said, he looked in the crowd. He said, these people are harassed. And these poor people probably, you don't even know what they look like. They could have been in jewels. They could have looked like they had it all together. Jesus was like, no, these people are harassed Man, and helpless. It, the crazy thing is, you see that the, the work is off because you see these people don't even have the heart of God to be moved with compassion. Yeah. These adult women don't have the compassion. Pity. They move out of pity. They move out of pity or they move out of condemnation. Mm-hmm. Judgment. Righteous indignation. That's how they move against people. Mm-hmm. How can God's work be in you? You don't even have his heart. Mm. You ain't even moved with compassion. You don't look at that young girl and say she's helpless and harassed. Yeah. 
No, what you say is she thinks she got it figured out. Smart mouth self. She thinks she got it figured out. Let her go ahead and see how she learn. Oh, my God. I heard that so much when I was younger. Where's the the work in that? Yeah. Why? Because I don't have no time for her. Mm -hmm. I don't have no time for her because I'm too busy in front of God asking him to do something else. For me. For me. Yeah. You almost forget who's the God. Mm -hmm. How can you be the God if how I mean, how can God be God? If you do more asking than answering. Yeah, you're telling him the work you want done versus Absolutely. doing his work. How, how can you be the, how can God be the guy when you're the one saying what is to be done and expecting him to do? Mm-hmm. And not the other way around. Yep. You're not the guy. Mm-hmm. You ain't the Christ. You ain't the God. You have it messed up. You are the servant. Servants work. People even say that in church. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things we say. Well, I'm just a servant of the Lord. What do he tell you to do, servant? Mm-hmm. Why is the servant so uh, caught up in his living quarters? <laughs> Why is the servant <laughs> the so caught up in how he dress? Right. Why is the servant so caught up in having means? Mm-hmm. The servant's supposed to be so enthralled and, and, and focused with his work. That the servant is fulfilled by his work. Mm-hmm. People not even fulfilled because they're not looking to fulfill the will of God. Right. They're looking to fulfill their will. Yep. So you come to church out of guilt, out of whatever it is. And then when God starts to work on you, he never can take you from milk to meat because you're not ready to work. Yep. One thing about it. Babies need milk and can sustain and thrive and live off of milk because there is not a pool on their energy. Hmm. They, get the, they, get they just sleep lay it, yeah. Mm, that's interesting. I Lazy never thought church of it like folks. that. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy church folks don't need nothing but milk. Yeah. And sleep tight. Mm. Don't let the bed bugs bite. I don't plan on doing no work. I don't yeah, plan on helping nobody. I don't plan on committing no time to nobody. I don't plan on teaching nobody. That ain't me. I ain't called for it. I ain't go to seminary school. I don't know nothing. I don't want to know nothing. Yeah. Pastor got that. Yeah. Y'all pay him. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. Forget the confines of church. Forget the structure of church. What about you? When are you going to do what? Operate according to how Christ did. Right. And then uh, how he said it and the writer said in Hebrews, like Hebrews, when are we going to go past this whole repentance? When are we going to go past this, you know, baby milk? When are we going to go past that? When are you going to become teachers? You know, you get to the meat of the word. That's Mm -hmm. what he said. Hebrews chapter six. He was talking about them moving away from the principles. Right. The early concepts of the work that's being done in you. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about the work that you're, is going to continue through you. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again because I kind of, you know, I ain't say it right. You're so focused on the work that's happening in you that you don't move on to the work that's supposed to happen through, through you. you. Yeah. That's us. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at with it. We're supposed to be those conduits, the distributor for a package, a supply, a product mm-hmm. that is in such high demand that once you give it away, you got more people right behind it looking for it. That's right. So you're constantly not just distributing the good news, but you're training up others to help you distribute because the package, the product is so impeccable right. that you can't do it alone. Yep. Jesus ain't say. You guys sit and watch how this is done. Mm-hmm. Roll his sleeves up and just get to work. He started getting to work. Then he looked upon the crowd and said, I need some help. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. 
people wouldn't have been like this if he wasn't selling something that's spiritually on the equivalent of Krispy Kreme. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Don't be Dunkin' Donuts. Be Krispy Kreme. <laughs> people eat Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, but it's kind of like, oh, the hot light wasn't on. Like, it, it, it's like yeah, a secondary. It's, it's like a thing. Yeah. You know, people go there for coffee and probably just like, hey, Breakfast hey give me sandwich. one of those donuts. Yeah. Or something. But people go to Krispy Kreme for what? Donuts. Hot donuts. They don't even. They sell everything to incent- accentuate right. or uh, accessorize mm-hmm. the what donut. Right. When that hot light is on, people are right there waiting because the product is impeccable. Mm-hmm. It's consistent. Sells itself. It sells itself. Yep. This word sells itself. God mm-hmm. ain't ask you to go and argue and convince people. Right. He just asks you to tell them that the kingdom just of God is at them. hand. Yeah. Proclaim it, and that proclamation will create a declaration within the person. Mm. And in that declaration, that person will then start to see the work and start to work the works to send them. Right. It's, I mean, it's so evident that we have to look even further in, in, in um, John chapter 10, where he, he explained to them, when you go out, freely give this out. Right. He said, you got it freely. You mm-hmm. give it out for free. And people are always talking about what what what's their reward is going to be. What their reward is going to be heaven and all this stuff. No, your reward is what you did. Like that that's your reward and it's He is going to reward you according to the fruit that you bear. Mm-hmm. You're a tree. You're a tree and you're expected to produce a fruit. If that fruit doesn't materialize in your life it's because you did not get to work. If you're not working, you're cursed. He walked past the fig tree. He saw this tree was in a mature enough stage that it should be bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. And he saw that it wasn't and he cursed it. Yep. He looks at most of the Christians and he says, you're in a mat- you've been in church for 40 years. I ain't talking about how many people you brought to church and got to sign a role. Mm-mm. I'm talking about how many people you got to get up and, and follow you to church. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about how many people you know that you talk about church to or talk about Jesus to. I'm not talking about the fact that you finally worked up the nerve to say hallelujah in front of people or tell Facebook that you are a Christian. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the fact that you can now stand up for a whole praise and worship session or you can make it through the whole sermon without falling asleep or you can actually read the Bible before you go to bed and you've done a devotional once a day for the last two years. Great. I'm not talking about none of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the fact that you can recite scripture. I'm talking about who do you spend time with? Who in this circle of influence of yours is influenced by your truth to begin to see your light, see your good works and and glorify your God, which is in heaven? How are you changing the people around you? Mm -hmm. Your work should begin to work on others who will then begin to get to work. Yep. Hashtag it works. (laughs) It's almost like your circle is a reflection of your faith almost like. It really kind of tells where you're at. Oh, people don't like that. Church folks get mad, boy. I can't change them. I can't change them. I ain't nobody. You can't change them because of the way you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Remember, we said we're not not yelling on people. Right. Let me me back up for a second. John chapter 10, when he's detailing to them how to work, one of the things he says is that when you go to someone and they do not receive or listen to what you're saying, he said, Shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. That's right. Why? Because there's enough of, de- of a demand That's that right. you don't have to press this on people who are not down for it. Mm-hmm. 
That's not a smart salesman. No, especially when you know the demand is there. You got to keep the, it the, moving. You know it's there. Yeah. You just you just hit a wrong house. Mm-hmm. You hit a wrong person. The people there are people and don't tell me that there aren't people in our circle of influence. If we are a, a, the direct product of the work, mm. if we let me walk in testimonies, if we are the direct product of the work, he said, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works." If we are working mm-hmm. and people see us consistently working. There's no way that they're going to not be impressed in their heart mm-hmm. by the work. It will begin to work in them and cause them to work. That's right. I'm the testament of that. That's right. I was around somebody who was a worker, who did the work. Put in time. Put in time with me, worked on me, with me, for me. Yeah. Then I worked with them. I saw how real it was. I saw this wasn't phony. Right. I saw this wasn't fake. I saw it was just the compassion. Real. I saw was the there. compassion. I saw the love. It moved on my heart. And I'm changed because of the work that was worked in me. I'm different. Right. I have no help, no choice but to do the same thing. Yeah. Com- commit my life to spending time with others. Mm-hmm. You are the direct reflection of the work that I put in. Yeah. Just like I'm the direct reflection of the work that was put into me. Yep. We thank God for that, but we have to do what? Return, Return the favor. favor. Yep. It, got, it has to have that ripple effect. It has to. That's the only way it works. What are you interested in, church folks? What are you looking for, church folk? You say you want to get better. We don't. When you go to work, they don't care how nice you are. Mm-hmm. Your boss don't care that you don't cuss. Your boss don't care that you dress nice. Your boss don't care that you read your Bible at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. He don't care about you being a good boy or girl. He's caring about do you do the work Mm -hmm. and how good do you do it? God is the same way. He said, many will say to me, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. He said, but you will look at them and he will say, depart from me. You You worker worker of of iniquity. iniquity. I do not know you. Why doesn't he know them? He said, you got to know those who labor among you. Mm-hmm. He don't know them because they never worked with him. Right. He, he called them workers. He was like, you was working, yeah, but you, you were working of iniquity. Yeah, you were a worker. <laughs> you was doing something. But you were doing it outside of the parameters of that compassion I told mm-hmm. you about. You were doing it not to help others, but to try to help yourself to something. And you even did it in his name. Like you, you said you were doing it for him. Man. It's the difference between doing and doing well. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between doing work and doing the good work. Mm-hmm. God ain't save you to sweep floors in a church. Right. He ain't save you to scrub toilets. Those are functions of a building in a church that are much needed. And if your church needs your help in that, if it's in your power to do it, you should. But that ain't the work of God. The work of God is not being an usher. It's not being a praise dancer. It's not being a praise and worship leader. It's not playing on the piano or playing drums. Those talents and abilities that you add and aid to the function of church are much appreciated. But the call of the believer is to spread the gospel of Christ wherever we go. And that the product of that produce more who are doing the same thing. Mm. We're supposed to be trying to get employee of the month. 
Yes, sir. Not trying to get by. My one of my first jobs was at a warehouse. And after the first day, I got done. I was the fastest person on the line. I'm pulling all the stuff off and getting it done. And the dudes just walked up to me. This older guy, I'm nothing but 19. This older guy walked up to me. He said, you keep doing that. You're going to burn yourself out. <laughs> he said, because the more work you do, the more work they're going to put on you. He said, you got to chill. Spread this out. Because they'll kill you if they care. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I started taking my time. I got I got hip. I got wise to it. Just taking my time, my sweet time, doing it like they were doing it. Nobody fussed. Why? Because everybody was doing it. Everybody was just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. Nobody was trying to excel. Mm-hmm. Nobody was trying to do the best job mm-hmm. they could do. Maximizing their ability, they just was trying to get by. I just want to get this check and go home. That's how church folks have been. Yeah. I just want my blessing or even I just want my own peace of mind. I just want my family happy. I just want my husband happy. I want him home. When I come home, I want him home. I want to be able to look through his phone and not see nothing crazy. I want to be able to read his text. I want him to pray with me at night. I don't even care if if he live anything. I just want him to do the things that make me feel like a Christian. But you feeling anything is not the agenda of Christ. He didn't die for that. I'm sorry. You know what he died for? He died for us defining ourselves by following Christ's way and getting to work. Mm -hmm. If you ain't working, then you're worthless. And if you're worthless, don't get mad when they treat you that way. We out. He's just going like that. <laughs> <laughs>